Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So we are so happy you joined us today to hear something new, learn a little something, something, be educated, inspired, and meet amazing people to speak into your life. And you are lucky today. The Joe Burns is on Boost Power Podcast. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, Betsy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad that I get to be a guest on the Boost Power Podcast. What fun. Uh, Well, you know, I loved you from hello many years ago. And then we took our walk in Wash Park. And, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that nature united us and gave us some time to move and to talk and to connect. And I know that that your life is dedicated to that for all. But before we get to that good stuff, Um, I'd love to tell the stories of women because the reason we have Boost Power Podcast is I believe people don't know about other people, so they make up stories like, oh, Joe Burns, she's so fancy. She's the head of this. She's all that. It was so easy. And I think that most of the time when we take a little time and tell the real story, there's some interesting choice points along everyone's life where they became the person they are today. And I believe by telling these stories, we have women can respond and relate to other people's stories. Then they can say, well, I'm a lot like Joe. I never even thought I could be in recreation. I never knew I could combine these talents. So um, tell us a little bit about you and where you found this love for nature. Ah, well, I love how you put all that together because honestly, that's where we find real connections. Um, when we take the time to learn each other's stories and find out a little bit more, a little bit deeper about um, the women and the humans and the people that we choose to be around. So you hit the nail on the head. Um, for me, some of those connections really happen when I'm outdoors with people, like when we got to go walk and talk and wash parks. So um, that's why I really enjoy that connection between activity and nature, having conversations, that kind of fun stuff. So me, um, I am, and I don't admit this too often, I am a Texas girl by birth. There's nothing wrong with being from Texas. No, there isn't. It's just, you know, I have a couple of beers and my accent comes out. So um, people enjoy hearing my y'alls and all that fun all stuff. All y'alls, because I, lived there, you know, I lasted two years in Texas and I couldn't quite get the all y'alls. All yeah. y'alls. Yeah, it can be plural, singular, as well as screamed at the top of your lungs. Uh, It goes all the way around. But my love for nature probably came from my upbringing, I think. I'm just in that classic age period. Um, You hear people talk about um, we were told to go outside and not come back home until the streetlights came on. So in Houston and Richardson and Dallas, that pretty much was the case. And and especially when I was in elementary school, like all the dads had a different whistle and you knew how to recognize your dad. Like that meant it was time for you to get your hiney home because it was dinner time or it was time to go to bed. So much, much, much time spent outside camping with my family. Um, and I think that made a big impact on me because all those times outdoors with uh, a lot of different families, Um, A lot of different kids, a lot of different age kids really informed me um, wanting to do that for other people as I got older. And 
I kind of credit my grandmother for um, kind of introducing me to the kind of that wreck rat life, so to speak. My grandmother was one of those people who participated in a um, kind of a senior women's craft group at the rec center, like every Thursday on a regular basis. Yeah. So it was the thing when we were growing up to get to go spend time with my grandmother because we knew we'd get to go to the rec center. And so we were sort of recreation rats, so to speak. And they all knew me. And that's how I got my first first job in recreation was my grandmother was palsies with um, one of the recreation coordinators and, and one of the rec directors and got me my first interview And I became a camp counselor for a day camp in Dallas, Texas at um, White Rock Lake. And that was kind of my first real um, parks and recreation job being a day camp counselor. And it was just amazing to see what it did and how I felt working outdoors, working with kids, working in places and spaces that were fun and engaging and you could get dirty and look at tadpoles and cook outside. And I mean, this was all in the heart in the middle of Dallas, but you never know it because we were at the lake all day long. And it was blast. I lived at the Beltway right by the Galleria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I recognize White Rock Lake. I recognize that name. Yeah, uh-huh. but I don't, you know, I, I really spent two years really kind of there in a job that I traveled a lot. So I didn't explore a lot of Dallas, which is a lot of concrete. That Yeah, Dallas yeah. Is a, a lot of concrete. So carving out a little nature in Dallas is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And to be able to do that and to canoe, I mean, we did all the classic um, outdoor day camp stuff. We went fishing. We did outdoor crafts. We We canoed. We... We did everything we could possibly imagine to do at a lake in the middle of Dallas. And we got really, really creative. And I think that's, it's a unique kind of situation. Like you were talking about earlier before we went on air, like you're a jack of all trades, you know, all the different things that you've learned how to do because of your work. And that's one of the things about camp and about being outdoors. And because I eventually evolved and became a camp director later in life, it's, You have to be able to wear so many different hats, you know, from doing cooking to doing outdoor activities to being able to work with kids, being able to deal with the human condition, everything from sunburn to I miss my mommy um, and everything else. And I think that really appealed to me as a young person, as to someone going into college and looking for, ooh, what is that that I want to do when I grow up kind of thing? And while I didn't actually get to it, to it till I finished grad school, but I finally figured it out at that point. So it was pretty cool. Well, I never assume people know what you know because you're in the industry. And I had a little bit of you know interaction along my special events path with Parks and Rec from speaking at the International Parks and Rec Convention, which oh, that's awesome. random. it would have been so random that one day I was speaking and then all these years later, we reunite and... Denver, Colorado, or it would have been really random that, you know, I was probably at the Galleria in Dallas and you were shopping (laughs) one day and we sat next to each other in Starbucks. Tell people about the Parks and Rec industry a little bit, because someone might be listening and thinking of themselves or thinking of their children. Um, do you go to school for that? What is the degree? Tell them a little bit about that. 
Oh, absolutely. So I think for most people, if you had a chance to talk to people in the parks and recreation industry right now, they would tell you it's sometimes one of those things people stumble on. Like People don't realize that this is something that you can actually do for a living. You get paid and paid well to do it, support yourself and your family. But yeah, you can go to school for it. I remember my first experience of I was looking at what I wanted to do and um, looking and considering grad school. So I already had my undergrad and I went and met with the guy who was the director for Plano Parks and Recreation. And I was like, tell me about your typical day. And I was absolutely floored at all the different kinds of stuff they do. So during the pandemic, I think people got to see a pretty interesting side of what Parks and Recreation is doing from a public standpoint, from engaging their communities, um, providing all those parks and trails and open space that all of us were clamoring to get to because that's what was open. But there's a couple different sides of it. There's the park side that is all those parks, trails, open space, land management, parks, um, the uh, playgrounds and playground equipment and the fields and all that kinds of stuff, which attract a lot of different kinds of people. And yes, you can go to school to learn how to manage all of those outdoor places and spaces. And then there's also the recreation administration side of it. So there's the people who, um, what we're traditionally known for is swim lessons, um, uh, little league soccer, uh, like I was talking to you about earlier about like my grandmother and that kind of thing, active adult programming, programming for people with disabilities um, and all sorts of different types of classes, special events, you know, those big special events that you go to like cider days down in Lakewood up here in Arvada, we have the Arvada Brewfest. Um, but those are actually put on by your local parks and recreation districts many of the time. So there's amazing men and women behind the scenes making that happen. So one of the things that, that I think people don't realize about parks and recreation is just how essential they are. So when the pandemic hit, everyone was looking for places and spaces to be. So parks, trails, open space. But also Parks and Recreation is a food provider. So those folks who are needing older and active adults who needed food, lunches, school-age kids, all that kind of stuff, they became places and spaces for all that emergency, that emergency support, that emergency support. So very key. Well, you know, the thing we learned in the pandemic for sure is like the only thing you could do is go outside. You know, that was safe, mask or not, controversy. Yeah way past, but um, I just noticed that we would go out in our neighborhood to feel normal. You know, now yeah. we enjoy neighborhood parks that are in our particular neighborhood. We're by Cherry Creek Reservoir, so we have a full nature preserve on our back door. Uh, I know you want to hear more from the amazing Joe Burns. We have to go to break. We will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. We are back. 
you're thinking, you want to get a little nature on you, you're feeling totally motivated. Joe can see me visually. We're doing this on Zoom and I have a poster that says, I like nature. Just don't get it on me. That's a famous phrase, but that is before I met Joe Burns and learned the importance of nature getting on me. Um, Joe, tell people about what happened. So, so, okay, I get it. Here's this great resource. It's everywhere. It's really gotten a lot more prominent because people are understanding how vital in the pandemic good programming was, the food services and things. But why does a human being need to um, enjoy nature? What happens to the body, the mind, and the spirit when you connect with nature? Because I think that that is some of the magic that is inexpensive and accessible to many. And um, I know someone like you knows a lot of the, the good juicy data behind that. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know, we were born to be in nature and we were born to be connected to those natural spaces and places. If you if you look at kind of the history of our species and where we were when we started, and then there was this big shift during the Industrial Revolution, where all of a sudden people went from rural areas into, um, you know, cities and towns and that kinds of stuff. A huge, strange thing happened during that time. We started getting sick more. We started having a lot, our lives became different because things became mechanized and um, a lot of shifts happened. We weren't spending as much time outdoors as we were. There's a lot of properties within our trees, within um, our blue spaces, brown spaces, and green spaces, as they call them. So things that grow from the ground, things in the water, and things that are in our deserts that feed us. And most people, you can ask them, they're like, are you a water person or are you a mountain person? Or are you like, I don't have a creek. And, you know, people can tell you which ones resonate with them most. And sometimes they're not even sure why that happens. But part of it really has to do with that. That's where we belong. And so we are able to see in a lot of the research that nature gives us an opportunity to be our healthiest selves, both socially, physically, socially, emotionally, mentally, and environmentally, because we give to nature and nature gives back to us between um, hormones and uh, different types of yeah, I'm mean, going to love, I can never remember the name of the, the substance trees put out, but they're actually, they help us fight cancer. So when we have this very reciprocal relationship with the outdoors, and sometimes people think, oh, she's talking about nature. You have to put on a backpack and go 500 miles into no man's land or no woman's land. That's not the case. Basically, nature in your own backyard, whether those are planted trees um, whether that's the the potted plants inside your house, whether that's um, the things inside your city that have been considered built environment, or you do put on the backpack and go two miles in, all of that is nature. And all of that helps us connect at a very, very foundational level with who we are as humans, but also with our planet and with those things. And, and we need that reciprocal relationship. And it's as simple as the oxygen-carbon dioxide relationship, but it goes a lot deeper than that in being with natural places and spaces. Well, I've always enjoyed um, not high-end gardening, 
not, I would call it Kathy Hawk gardening. And Kathy Hawk is a master gardener. But even in my Dallas days, when I lived in a condo, you know, I always just enjoyed every single year planting my pots and watching them grow and even deadheading. And, you know, there's something yep. about the whole metaphor of growth and mm-hmm. things about not only can you plant, which I, I kind of use the metaphor for ideas, you plant the ideas, but then you have to be sure that you put them in a fertile soil. So yep. that is what I consider the camp experience network. You know what? You're surrounding the seed with a fertile soil of community that cares about you, that can help you. Then right. you have to give them nutrients they need to grow. Right. right. And then, so you have to keep putting in ideas or help or classes or whatever you need to learn, which you need to learn. Then as the ideas bloom, then you enjoy them, but also then they could then die because they have the natural cycle. Then we have to deadhead the idea to let the next idea grow. And, um, And I think that that's one of the things that nature really reminds us is that things have a season. Yeah. And everything doesn't bloom the whole year. Um, we are in Colorado and we are taping this for a, a fall uh, Boost Power podcast, but it happens to be in June in Colorado and the peonies are blooming, which are a one hit wonder, as Kathy would call them, once a year. Yeah. And they have a glorious time when they're blooming and they are spectacular. And then they are just green the rest of the year. But during yeah. that time when they're not blooming, then of course they're taking in all the nutrients for the next year and the next year. Oh, bloom. yeah. So, um, I really think that the whole metaphor of nature and the actual being in nature, connecting to nature is so vital. So tell us how Showbirds Connects uh, helps corporations, helps foster children, helps people uh, get a little nature on them. Oh, because we love to spread the nature around whatever form it comes in. So when I'm working with Um, corporations or um, municipal governments, you know, a variety of different folks. I'm really trying to kind of look at increasing the engagement and effectiveness of the staff and the teams and really utilizing connection and collaboration and inspiration to do that. So a lot of that comes from physical activity and it's even better when it can happen in nature. Granted, sometimes mother nature rains on us a little bit. And so we have to figure out how best to get that connectivity and collaboration and activity so it's together. When I finally did become a camp director, it was because I was a therapeutic recreation specialist. And so I spent about 20, 25 years working with individuals with disabilities. And one of the things that I saw with my kids, my young adults, and my adults with disabilities was when we were at camp, those individuals were their best selves. So one of the opportunities is is you can't really hide in nature. You can't really pretend to be other people when you're dealing with the elements. So it's wonderful to see our best and truest selves have the opportunity and space and place to come out when we are with others and in active spaces and places where we get invited to do that. And so I think that's where we get some of the best opportunities to connect and collaborate. And that's what I like to do with my clients, whether it's our foster kids and we're trying to give them the opportunities to make choices about things that they're interested in doing and giving them the opportunity to do it. I've been working with some folks at the Women's Bean Project and to give them an opportunity to see how the choices that they make in their time, in their free time, 
um, our unobligated time really make a difference. They can be the things that lead you to where you want to go, or they can be the things that distract you and keep you from reaching your goals. So across the board, when I'm working with um, different types of populations, it's how do I get input from um, the folks that I'm working with as to what interests them, what lights them up, Kathy Hawk expression, what lights them up, um, what helps them be in places and spaces that allow them to be their best selves. If that's outdoors, that's always fun. But if it's indoors, outdoors, or a combination thereof, finding that sweet spot where it fits, that's where we really find that connection, that, that opportunity for our optimal health. That's where we're able to um, feel at our best. And I want to see that happen inside organizations and teams and businesses and local governments, um, youth, youth organizations, and, and just anywhere and everywhere that we can help make that difference. Because for me, I'm all about how can I make a difference in the world like one connection at a time. That That's always my mantra in the morning when I wake up is if there's I get to introduce someone or make a connection during the day for somebody. Um, then I know. Then I know I'm moving toward my goal. I'm mo- I'm moving toward my mantra every day. So Betsy, I got to um, actually have a friend of mine came to Camp Experience Connections last month Good. and stuff. So I was like able to connect them with y'all. There so that was go. cool. Well, yeah. Today uh, we had a Camp Connections coffee conversations, and one of the people that I met they were so aligned with another person in the group. Then before your podcast, I interviewed um, the lady who has her own uh, foster kids podcast. And Oh, nice. Natasha, that's awesome. Natasha Pepperell. And then then I introduced her to my friends, Amy and Michelle Cervantes, who have a foster kid farm that they manifested in South Carolina, North Carolina, I think North Carolina. Wow. Anyway, so yes, I think your name, uh, Joe Burns Connect is such a great example of just the importance of connections in the work environment, in the social settings, in our everything, in our government, in our politics, in our churches, everywhere. And so if someone is excited, they want to get a little nature on them or just connect in an interesting and exciting way, please tell everyone how to get a hold of you. Oh, sure. A couple different ways to connect with me. You can connect with me on email, which is joe at joeburnsconnects.com. I also do a little vloggy, fun um, connecting with nature for health on Instagram about once a week. So that's joe underscore connects. Um, and you can find me there. And I'm like on Facebook and um, uh, Twitter and all that kind of stuff is Joe underscore connects. So um, that's kind of where I am on social media, but I love to reach out and talk to folks just, you know, in real life in person too. That's even better. Well, I just so appreciate knowing you. I so appreciate your contribution to the camp experience network as a sponsor that helps us provide opportunities to connect for women all over the world, not only here in Colorado. And I so appreciate your heart and how you're helping the foster kids at cobbled streets. Uh, get into nature and do some cool connections. So it is such a pleasure to know you. Thank you so much for being on Boost Power Podcast. And thank you for all you listeners. We hope that you know that weekly we have Boost Power Podcast for you, about you. So you can plug in, learn a little something, meet somebody fantastic, and hear a story that can be a catalyst to something great in your own life. 
please subscribe to Boost Power Podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps. We are everywhere and ready to serve. And we have years and years of archives, including our other two sister podcasts in the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. So plenty of content 24-7. Please share this podcast with anyone who's looking for positive energy and great connections, and especially amazing stories of great women like Joe Burns. This is your host, Betsy Weersman. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios, and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.